Oakwood. And so on Monday nights, we opened our house up for a Bible study. I, I doubt very seriously she came to those first ones because she was probably still too young. You had to be ninth grader. You either had to get, to, get, get away there or be able to drive your own car. So every Monday night for like nine years, we had teenagers in our home. Now it grew to such a size that our house was too small, so we had to move it to other houses. The point is, Mary Beth is just one little young girl that sat in our den for about four years. That God's used missions. God will give you fruit if you'll give Him your life. If you'll do something out of your comfort zone. Yeah, they messed up our house by every Monday night. I don't know if they ever told us thank you. But what are you doing it for? You serving God for thank you? Remember what Paul said? I've been dying over here. That's okay. As long as you have life. I'm always dying in my life. God's going to bring stuff into your life that whittles you down. So that he can be seen more. Most people, not a fan of that. Neither am I. Neither am I. I'll give you another illustration. Daniel. You think Daniel would have chose to have experienced what he experienced? What was he, 14, 15, maybe? Taken. Made a eunuch. We won't go into details. That wasn't good. Changed his haircut, changed his clothes. But guess what? God used Daniel to display the God of the universe to a pagan king. I believe Nebuchadnezzar would be in heaven. But how many people got their hands up for 70 years of exile? How many wants to go through the process of being made a eunuch? My point is this. Paul said, here's my practical mission. Here's what I do. Here's my personal. Here's who I am. I'm dying so I can live. I'm dying so I can live. I'm dying so people can see me. I'm capturing all the wicked mess in my life so it can be re-exposed as Jesus Christ. I want my image dead. I want my new image alive. I want people to see Christ. And if that happens, guess what? There's going to be fruit. And it's going to redound to the glory yeah. of God. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. So that God gets glory out of my life. But it takes surrendering to that process. I've got a ministry. But if that ministry is going to go, I've got to have a personal life that's totally surrendered to whatever God wants. Just cut off whatever you need to cut off. Just take out whatever you need to take out and put back in its place. I want to put off and put on whatever, whatever attribute. You ever went through the New Testament and just wrote down the list? Man, there's a pile of them in there. Stuff that I want on my life. And some things that to get them on my life is going to be me taking other stuff out. It's a process. But if that process is done, you'll see fruit in your life and it'll bring glory to God.
Now, now let's look at the last verses, 16, 17, and 18. And this, this I'll just call the perspective. I'll just call it the perspective. In 16, it says, For which cause we faint not. There he's just saying again, I, I want fruit, so I ain't quitting. My mama's 96. She taught Sunday school till she was 93. Isn't that crazy? And she just she just did it then because she just can't see. Hardly any. She can't hear. Hardly any. Mine still works pretty good. But she just said, I just I just need to quit. So she did. Started probably in her 20s sometime. I said at the beginning, what have you not started? Who could open up a living room to a bunch of kids on Saturday? Who could do that? You say, I don't know enough. Well, you can fix that. But I'm just going to be honest. You ain't never going to know it all. I'm almost 64, and I'm still searching the Scriptures about every day, finding out new stuff, finding out things I wasn't quite right on, tweaked them a little bit. Oh, yeah. That's every day. But you can't keep saying, I'll do it here. There. No, the clock's ticking. Eternity. Is coming. She can't faint. Some of y'all need to start. So you're just saying, because of this, this desire for fruit, I don't want to faint. And though our outward man perish, that old clay pot is a mess sometimes. That old clay pot's weak. That old clay pot was supposed to rest. That clay pot wants to look at other pots that ain't doing quite as good as their pot. He's I. I He's dying, but the inward man, you see, he still feels tired, but he surrenders to life. He still feels like quitting, but he surrenders to life. Let me die on the outside so I can live on the inside. Nobody wants that because it's messy, it's nasty, and it's every day. You know, it, sometimes I think this would be cool. I'm not going to do it this week. But I think it would be cool if I just brought a list of the sins that I'm messing with on a regular basis and wrote them down and just passed them out. There you go. Here's mine. Here's ones I'm dealing with. Because I'm telling you, most people don't even deal with sin. Now, there's a couple things happening. Either you've worked out and you've, you've become sinless, or you're just ignoring a bunch of junk in your life. Bible tells it's, tells me it's a battle. It's a struggle. So he just said in verse, verse number 16, new man's renewed day by day. Look at verse 17, and this is just crazy over the top. For our light affliction, just for a moment. And I mean that moment was about his whole life. I don't know how that worked. But notice the next phrase, worketh for us. See his perspective? His perspective is back on that personal thing. This is working. This is working. Remember James when he's writing those believers, 1 Peter, he's writing those believers that were struggling. James says, let patience have her perfect work. That's all Paul's living. This is working. Man, life's been rough this week, but it, God's working on me. So he's just saying in verse 17, 
this light affliction is but for a moment. It's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. His perspective was eternal. While we look, that word has the idea of like, a, like an intense examination. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are seen are not seen as eternal. Our, our, one of our biggest problems, we're, we're way too hung up on the world. And I'm, I'm pointing at me here. You know, you look at me, I like clothes. I'd, I'd spend every dime I got on clothes. Guns would be somewhere in the midst of that, somewhere. We're just worldly. It's an everyday battle. It's hard for us to live in eternal. Let me give you some things to think about. And then we're done. If you're doing something, we're going to talk more the rest of the week about getting busy doing something, but don't faint. Don't faint. There's way too much at stake. Way too much at stake. If you teach a little Sunday school class and there ain't but two or three showing up, who cares? Who cares? I was preaching in church just a few weeks ago. Church pretty small, struggling. Preached pretty discouraged. Don't faint. Don't quit. Do it for Jesus. In the text, I do it for Jesus' sake. Do it for Jesus. Out of motivation. Just do it for Him. Then the others don't matter. Whatever the size, whatever the response, it just doesn't matter. I'm doing this for Jesus. And when you get to doing it for Jesus, guess what? You'll do it for others. Because when you love God supremely, it's going to happen. You're just going to love others because that's who He is. He gave His life for us. I mean the cranky ones and the sweet ones and the whole bag of whatever they are. That's what God did through Christ. So live your life for others. Just keep opening up your life. Keep getting hurt. Keep getting offended. Keep struggling. Do you mean to read his list again? Thrice 39. I mean, that'd make you want to quit, right? In 1 Corinthians 18, maybe Paul was thinking about quitting. Some say, I don't think so. Was he discouraged? Probably. Was he afraid? I think so. Because God shows up in a vision by night and he tells him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Keep talking. And I know if you keep talking, you're going to keep getting beat. But keep talking. Then he says, but in this city, there's not going to be any beatings. Can't promise you for the next one. But in this one, no beatings. But I got much people here. There's the glory. There's the fruit. Most people, ain't, they're not in for that. All they got to do is get offended. All they got to do is get hurt. Or all they got to do is get discouraged. Or all they got to do is give enough food and show up. Don't quit. Do it for him and do it for others. And then lastly, keep your eyes on the future. Keep your eyes on the future. Look in the perspective of the eternal because that's what counts. The eternal, not the temporal. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Pastor's going to come. Close you see fit, brother.
Grace, you come tonight. Let's all stand. I was thinking while the preacher was preaching, uh, first, or excuse me, Philippians. Paul said, chapter 1, verse 20, according to my earnest expectation, my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. For with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified be by life or death. Probably the number one question that people will ask a pastor or a preacher is, what's the will of God for my life? Well, if you're saved, God's will is for Jesus to be magnified. Hands down. Jesus to be exalted. Jesus to be lifted up. In other words, when people look at your life, your life reminds them of Jesus Christ. So here's the question. What's the best way for others to be reminded of Jesus through you by your life or by your death? Death. Suffering. Persecution. Hardships. Right? You know, it doesn't take very much for our motives to be revealed. Why we do what we do. By the way, that's going to be the basis of our reward one day. Not just what I've done, but why I did it. I'm afraid a lot of what I thought was going to be my reward is going to burn up. Because I did it for another reason. And simply to magnify the name of Christ. I guess it's Romans 12. God's will is for us to submit ourselves and surrender ourselves as living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is what? You're reasonable. It's the least we could ever do is to give ourselves to Christ and to, to die for others as Jesus died for us. <laughs> that doesn't fit into the image of Christ that's being presented in our day. In other words, what can I get out of serving Jesus? What can make my life better by identifying with Christ? We are so misconstrued in our understanding of what it means to serve God. Are you thinking about fainting? Are you thinking about quitting? Are you thinking about giving up? You think about that. I'm going to give up on the one who didn't give up on me. Can you think of a worse insult than to just go halfway for Jesus after Jesus went all the way for you? But let's just be real. We do, don't we? There's not too many days that goes by that it doesn't cross my mind. I'm just going to give up. If our motives are right, we won't give up. We won't quit. We'll keep going. 
In fact, it's possible for us to get to the point where we actually get joy out of suffering for Him because suffering for Christ is the best way for us to magnify His name. I ain't there yet, are you? I got news for you, friend. The longer time goes, the more you're going to suffer for Jesus. See, that's the problem. For so long, we've lived in a place to where you could actually benefit for being a Christian. Well, times are changing. I mean, it's going to show and reveal who is doing it for the right reason and who's not. God has a way of revealing our motives. Heavenly Father, I love you tonight. Lord, I thank you for this message. Thank you for this challenge, God. Lord, it might not have helped anybody, but it sure has helped me. And God, I sense it, Lord. I see it. Lord, I feel it in my own life, but I see it in the lives of others. Lord, so much discouragement and defeat. Lord, we're just not accomplishing anything. We're spinning our wheels. We're not busting out the seams. We're not the most popular preacher, the most prominent church in the community. Father, does that really matter? God, I pray we'd all examine from the pulpit to the pew tonight and see whether or not it's all about what it was all about to Paul. And that is that in all things Christ might be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Maybe somebody just needs to come tonight and surrender their will to you. Die to themselves. Say, well, I've done it before. Well, you probably need to do it again. Surrender is a daily thing. I wish it was a knockout punch, but it's not. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to the hearts of your people. If you'd have somebody to come, help them, Lord, just to come and lay their lives on the altar for Jesus as you laid your life down for them. Moving our midst, working our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Sing it again, church. Do you really mean that? Stand obey, for there's no I think three times is the charm tonight. Let's sing that one time. Sing it from your heart. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and All God's people said, well, that was just one of those messages that you really just can't grasp at all during the service. Everybody knows what it is 
uh, to chew on the cud. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about when a cow goes home and after eating that grass and he pukes it back up. He gets to eat it twice. Hallelujah. Regurgitation, right? Amen. Well, I might have to regurgitate that, uh, Brother Jay, two or three times before I get all. That, that was big boy preaching tonight. That wasn't milk. Amen. It wasn't fluff, wasn't cotton candy, hallelujah. That was grade A number one steak. Amen. Amen. It may not taste as good right offhand as a snicker bar, hallelujah. But it's good food for your soul and it'll help you if you'll really let the word of God sink. Boy, that's why I love the preacher, man. He just he just gives the word out and let it be what it's going to be. Do you know God's word will help you more than anything else? And what you've heard tonight is Bible preaching. And I'm thankful for it. All minds and hearts clear tonight before we dismiss? Amen. Did you appreciate the, the misfit quartet singing for us? Or what'd you call them? The fumbling four. Man, that's good, isn't it? Amen. Fumbling four. And you got... You got two pretty women that can sing and two preachers that can't even find their Bibles. Hallelujah. What are we going to do with, with each other? Amen. Well, it's been good to be in God's house tonight, has it not? Amen. I appreciate uh, uh, all of our visitors. And I'm going to ask Kevin, would you lead us in prayer tonight?
Test. Test one two. Test one two. Testing one two.